0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is
1: proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and for the next 20 minutes or so, you will hear reaction to the first three days of England's warm-up match in Antigua. Exclusive interviews with the players who made the difference across the three days, including Zach Crawley and Dan Lawrence. And as an added bonus, with Australia taking on Pakistan and England getting their World Cup defence underway, you are here from Aussie skipper Pat Cummins and England opener Tammy Beaumont. So, let's get started. So, England's men finished up day three of their four-day warm-up comfortably ahead, but with injury concerns surrounding two of their fast bowlers. Mark Wood, who has a stomach bug... And uh, his place was taken by Mahmood, whose 7.3 overs went for 26 today. And then after taking a wicket before the uh, CWI President's 11 had added to their overnight score, Ollie Robinson walked off complaining of a sore back, uh, meaning Fisher bowled 4.1 overs, which went for 16. So not exactly an auspicious start to, to the tour. And uh, of course, there were uh, plenty of tweets throughout the day about England uh, seemingly on the hunt for two experienced fast bowlers who could step in. Uh, Can't begin to think who could have been uh, thought of uh, when that was being tweeted. But anyway, um, yeah, not not a great, uh, not a great start for England's uh, bowlers. The batsmen, though, uh, well, they took uh, a liking to the benign conditions uh, in Antigua. Fifties on day one from root uh new boy lease and also crawley zach crawley who spoke with talk sport and the press associations at mayman rory dollard
0: yeah i had a little bit of time off when i got back home and then spent the um the last few weeks at home training quite a bit and trying to prepare for the west indies what they bring and um and then last few days we, we've had really good training actually so um you know, it's no surprise that um, you know we had this day today. Actually, it looks like the guys are putting some good work, and we, like I say, we feel quite confident as a group moving forward.
2: As a group, how have you how have you dealt and reflected with with that series? Obviously, Chris Silverwood's gone, and Ashley Giles, Graham Thorpe. There's a bit of personnel change behind the scenes. As a playing group, how have you managed that change, that period of transition?
0: Oh, we're just looking to put it behind us and move forward. We've spoken as a group about how how we want to move forward and how we want to play from now on, and. Um, you know, I think it's a good chance to, to reset and, and go again and that's what we're looking to do.
2: We've heard that, that word reset from a few different people. What does that mean to you as, a, as an opening batter? What, what does resetting mean? Did you, did you look at how your game is going and, and how you might want to do things differently or were you pretty happy with the methods that you had?
0: Um, I feel like I found a bit of rhythm in Australia actually and um, I was just trying to keep that forward. It wasn't the runs I wanted to score, but I was quite pleased with how I played. Um, and hopefully I can bring that into this series and score more heavily than I did over there. Um, but no, I think reset's just about a mindset. I feel like um, in Australia we might have been a bit tentative and um, and you know I think talking about confidence as we have this discussion, I feel like it's just taking a bit more confidence and, and belief into what we do. and um, yeah, I think we can do that going forward.
2: And And to go back to Alex after his first day in, a, in an England shirt in a sort of competitive match, uh, he's a guy who knows his game pretty well. He's been around the circuit a long time you know how do you rate him as a as an opening batsman a, a good kind of foil for the way you play
0: yeah i've always rated alex actually i've always really thought, uh, thought he's a really good player and he's got a great temperament for this this level he doesn't seem to much phases him and um you know he's really good to battle in the middle he's very calm and um, he's up for quite a chilled atmosphere out there so um you know he, he he's a really good player and i think i think he'll do well at this level
1: zach crawley one of the few england cricketers to come away from The Ashes with his reputation enhanced, I suppose. And uh, one man who saw his reputation stay exactly where it was uh, at the start of the tour was Dan Lawrence, who, of course, sat on the sidelines for all five Ashes tests and hasn't played in about uh, six months. Uh, He hit 83 after being selected ahead of Ollie Pope at number four in the batting order. And uh, I guess his position in the first test almost assured, even before he took two quick wickets, in the afternoon session as well. So here he is speaking to Rory Dollard. again. Yeah, it was obviously a very
3: tough place for the lads to bat. Australia are, are excellent in their own backyard. Um, yeah, I was obviously desperate to play, um, but I can't really look too far back into that. It's, it, what's gone has gone. Um, like I said, I'm just trying to take every day as it comes and,
2: and if an opportunity does come, I'm going to try and grab it. And obviously a short, a short kind of two and not much more cricket after this and you're straight into the test series. You kind of know you're going into this series in in the eleven. Your, your spot is there. Is that a nice feeling knowing that you've got the backing going into the series?
3: Uh, yeah. I, I haven't actually had the conversation about what the team's going to be yet. I'm, I'm again. I'm just trying to take it day by day. Um, but yeah, if I do get the chance to
2: play and and bat at number four, then I'm very excited for it. And and how do you, in a sort of broader sense, how do you reflect on your eight tests so far? They've come in little little pieces, not not necessarily a run in the side. But do you feel like you've got a bit more to show than what you have done so far definitely
3: um I feel like I feel like at times I, I haven't showed everyone what I can actually do um I think when I actually get in I generally do all right it's just it's just starting sometimes for me um no no I'm feeling very positive and, and I'm really just trying to enjoy every day I'm playing for England and not put too much pressure on myself so yeah it hasn't been hasn't been how I'd wanted it to go so far in my
2: career but hopefully it can change and just a quick one on the pitches looked a bit quiet today it's gone to sleep a little bit it'll be a nice a nice workout for the boys trying to get the get the wickets in this match
3: yeah it will do actually um yeah it's a very good batting wicket um it's quite a slow surface and and it was nice for all of our batters actually to get quite a lot of time at the middle um and yeah it'll be a good test for our bowlers to try and get 10 wickets on it to be fair um that they're not going to come by easily and i thought tonight we were excellent
2: and i should ask about johnny really as well he's got a ton in his last game in Sydney before he got injured and he's back with a ton is he uh you know bullying is happy happy man around the group yeah yeah Johnny's
3: um Johnny's obviously he seems like he's in fantastic form so hopefully long may it continue um yeah obviously obviously he's happy and um yeah, he seems like he's in a good place. And
1: Rory joins me now. Rory, um, well, first up, you've just spoke to Paul Collingwood. We're about to hear that interview in a second. But uh, tell us what news of those injuries? Ollie Robinson hobbling off—well, not hobbling off, walking off—with uh, a sore back, and Mark Wood didn't even see him today. So, what's uh, what's the news?
2: Well, the news for England fans isn't great, to be honest. Uh, Ollie Robinson has had back spasms. Uh, he's been assessed by the medical staff, but. Paul Collingwood didn't sound thrilled about his prospects. He He's already said he'll certainly not be bowling tomorrow on, on day four of the warm match, which means England go into a test match in four or five days' time. And will they, be, will they be willing to risk a guy who's had back spasms in his last two competitive outings? It sounds, it sounds concerning. And, it, it, you know, with Ben Stokes unlikely to bowl in the first test... The idea that England might carry an injury worry in a a four-man attack just seems unlikely. So I think we can pretty safely call Ollie Robinson a a doubt for this one. Mark Wood seems to be a different story. He's been said to be unwell and and slightly ill over the last 48 hours. But he's been sent for, I guess, what what Paul would call precautionary blood tests. And in the same breath, said that he hoped to get three spells out of him on day four. So certainly looks a bit more positive with Mark Wood, but... The concern with him, I suppose, would be that his 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 bowling lords might not be up where you'd want them to be if he's going to spearhead the attack and offer that pace and zip that we that we know he can. Already
1: it sounds like England are going to be going into that test match with their even lower expectations, putting aside the Jimmy Anderson Stuart Broad factor, which now started to look an even stranger decision. Essentially, you are choosing a England could go in with a new ball attack of well, who would take it? Chris Wokes, I suppose, and Craig Overton would. might would take the new ball. I mean, considering he can only bowl really four overs, that's a, that's a strange position to willingly
2: find yourself in. It is. In England have when they picked that squad and quite a thin squad of sixteen. I mean, they they only picked two opening batsmen and 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 quite you know a, a limited. Seam, seam options. They didn't carry recently. In in recent times, they have been carrying squads of 17, 18 and upwards. They let themselves a little light this time, in the hope that they wouldn't be dragging people around the, the islands here without using them. But but that decision, after three days of action, it's it's looking a little bit of a gamble. And and as you say, I think if if they're down at least one of their chosen eleven, then they're, they're sort of cobbling together a bowling tack, And the thing that was was their sort of strong suit in the Ashes, the thing that was keeping us in the game for the moments that we were in the game, they've compromised. So, yeah, they're they're setting themselves up for a tough one. Okay, let's hear what Paul Collingwood had to say when you spoke to him. He began by talking about Mark Wood. just on Mark Wood, are you... Obviously, it's a question that comes up at the moment. Are you confident it's not sort of COVID-related? There's no question?
4: No, no, it's definitely not COVID-related, no. It's just um, an illness he's got that... um, has developed you feel a little bit nauseous um, and they just wanted a precautionary uh, blood test on him that's all so um, it's it's looking positive at the moment and um, as I said hopefully he can come out and play a, a good part in the, um, in the game tomorrow afternoon
2: and obviously it's early days with both of them I suppose but with a squad the size that you've picked the idea of potentially Leaning on some replacements if you need them, that, that sort of process is available to you if you need to call on someone before the test match?
4: Yeah, we're, we're not going to panic um, so far. We've got, uh, you know, it was a great opportunity for Sackley to come in and bowl some overs um, today, and, and even Fish to come in and bowl some overs. So we have got, um, you know, ready replacements in terms of the squad of 16. Um, so we're not going to panic um, as yet. As I said, I think um, Mark will be good for tomorrow to come out and bowl some overs.
2: And, and as you said those two guys are, are uncapped bowlers who probably weren't expecting to be bowling today with the three match series you may need them so a, sort of a, a positive inside a negative that they've been able to get out in the middle
4: and, and have a have a challenge yeah that's what generally happens when you have uh, injuries someone has to come in and um, and replace their Rovers and you know as you said just getting an idea of what the the pitch was doing out there and, and how they're going to get it um, reversing as a team Um and I thought the way that they went about it um, was was exceptional. You know, you've got to hold the game for for many periods when the ball isn't doing much over here, and um, and when it does start doing something, um, hopefully you're still in the game to um, to capitalise, which is exactly what happened in this end.
2: And just just to revisit Ollie briefly in the Ashes a couple of times, he sort of came off mid-over. It's two or three times we've seen him do that now. Do you feel like does he know his body well enough? Is that something he might be able to quite aside from the? Sort of conditioning side. Does he, does he need to know when he's fit to take the field initially and start a spell?
4: Well, he's very young in Test cricket, and Test cricket is a hell of a lot different to playing a four-day game in, in county match. So um, I think sometimes we expect these guys to come from from county cricket and be the, the finished article. They're, they're certainly not. They're not skill-wise and not physically. Um, and you've got to keep developing these guys. So um, that's you know that's a challenge that we have with every player that comes in. So um, he's no different. Um, I'm sure he understands his body pretty pretty well from county cricket. Um, but certainly, we you know we can't take any risks with him and, and try to push him too hard too soon. So not for the first
1: time, Rory, we're going to be going into a test match. And I imagine there's going to be a lot of speculation about whether Jack Leach is going to get a bowl or not. Um, now, Paul Collingwood was quick to praise the bowler. I watched a fair amount of the action. Uh, you were there. I mean, his figures... Look decent, 28 overs, 10 majors, 4 for 62. But the truth is, two of those wickets were awful, awful hacks. And two of the wickets were down the order after Dan Lawrence and Joe Root had actually got rid of three middle-order batsmen. So, you know... Oh, I'd, what... I'd, I'd, I'd add
2: to that, that, that one of them was a horrendous ankle-height grubber <laughs> as well. You know, I, I I don't think England will be picking their team based on the content of what we saw in this match. The pitch was slow and unhelpful, probably more so than, than they'd expect next week on a different surface at, at Sir Vivian Richards Stadium. The, as you said, with Dan Lawrence and Joe getting wickets, I don't think they'll be too seduced by what they saw out there. They'll be picking the team in in the round. I don't think Jack's forfer will will be swinging the deal either way. But as you say he always seems to be relying on Ben Stokes to be fit to get into this team. Whenever whenever Ben Stokes' is bowling is off the table for whatever reason, England, England get a little bit sketchy about, about picking the specialist spinner. And and despite what Jack's done with the bat, and we all know what he's done with the bat at Headingley, the most famous one not out in history. But, you know, he's a to some extent a one-dimensional cricket. He brings his spin bowling, and that's give or take, that's it. So they do get a little bit worried about. Picking him in a four-man attack, so I think there's questions to be answered. And Paul Collingwood gave quite a quite an effusive uh, rating of Joe Root's bowling. Refused to call him a part-timer, said he considers him a frontline spinner. So that might be a nod as to what to expect.
1: And uh, Before I let you go, you know the bowling seems to be where the bowling. Well, the bowling does not seem to be in a particularly good sorts. But I suppose from a batting perspective, England were desperate to see some runs from the two guys that they are giving an opportunity to, Alex Lees with a 50 in first innings, Dan Lawrence with, uh, well, could have runs in both innings, and also took those two wickets as well. Um, they would like to have seen a little bit more from Folks and Stokes, but essentially, you know, job done, I suppose, from a batting perspective. They've got they've already got more runs under their belt and more time at, on the wicket than they did ahead of the Ashes. So, you know, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I think, I think with one warm-up match, only before a test series they're not even looking at the right hand column, you know which is what batsmen always say they're looking for is the numbers in in the column on the right. I don't think that's the case. I think they were just really happy that five out of the top six, six out of the top seven have spent good time out you know in, in, in a number of hours at the crease, so they know that they're, all the batters they're going to rely on have spent time in the middle and they're you know a little bit accustomed a little bit a little bit readier for for digging in for periods. So, yeah, there's a four or five fifties. Johnny Birstow's got another hundred, which will be good for him. Dan Lawrence has batted at four. I, mean, I, I was surprised. He, he, he prefers to bat a four. That's where he likes to do his business. And in his eight tests for England, he's never done it yet. So he'll be, he'll be really eager to, to settle in at the position that he likes to call home. So, yeah, he, he batted nice and he's got another chance tomorrow. So England will be relatively happy about that. But, you know, I think it's fair to say Kemal Roach standing at the top of his mark is a bit of a different prospect. So... Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Dad. What is going to happen tomorrow? And we'll have plenty more cricket to come from the Caribbean. Updates from Antigua on TalkSport on Friday uh, for myself and a series preview, um, which I'll be hosting alongside Neil Manthorpe, uh, Steve Harmison and Matt Pryor on Sunday. That goes out on TalkSport at 8pm. And then the first test live and exclusively on TalkSport 2 from 1 o'clock on Tuesday. But away from that series, uh, plenty else going on. The Women's World Cup gets underway. Uh, in fact, it would have got underway by the time you uh, listen to this podcast. And Tommy Beaumont, England's opener, has been speaking after England's warm-up win over South Africa.
5: The way that the bowlers uh, really set the tone and, and got the South Africans really on the back foot very quickly um, meant we were in complete control of the game and... I think everyone kind of contributed in their own way uh, throughout the game. So yeah, another another pleasing run out ahead of a World Cup. Probably before the Bangladesh game, we felt a little bit undercooked in that we'd spent a whole week in a in a, a hotel room and not been able to train. And obviously, we're desperate to get out there and, and get training. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think after a couple of good games and some some miles in the legs, we're kind of ready to go this week. Much has been said
1: about the lack of preparation. England's women against Australia in the recent Ashes, Beaumont was asked whether the lead up to the World Cup had been better than what England had experienced in Australia. A
5: little bit better in in terms of the prep we had before the Ashes. I think that was very uh, disrupted with weather and um, you know quarantine and safe living at home and things like that. I think you know you've obviously got um all that cricket in the, in the legs from from the ashes even though it wasn't all one day international cricket um but yeah i think we're we're in a good place i think there's a, a couple of training sessions left which i think will be really important um i think a few of the bowlers said they still didn't quite feel 100% with their rhythm even though in my opinion their performances didn't reflect that um so yeah i think it'll just be a case of topping up and, and being ready to go come that australia game
1: and while England's women will be taking on Australia's women this weekend, the Aussie men, well, they well they got underway again. you will already have started by the time you listen to this um, against Pakistan, unless it rains. Um, here's Clark Kent. I mean, sorry. Here's Pat Cummins, Aussie skipper, and what he's expecting from the pitch.
6: Yeah, stats seem to favour fast bowlers here. Um, yeah, it looks like a good wicket, so I don't think it's going to be a you know seaming or swinging all over the place. But yeah, I think there'll be enough there. So. Um, yeah, you know, just bowling in the practice wickets next to the wicket, um, it's been nice. They're nice to bowl on, so hopefully it's it's much the same in the middle. Uh, I, I I don't think it'll be a super quick wicket, um, but yeah, re- really unknown to be honest. We'll, we'll see how we go. You know, it's a tough tough place to bat at times over here. You know, I think the one of the unknowns about coming to play here in Pakistan is you know it's obviously in the subcontinent, but you know, and, and as well looking at that wicket, it. it it's, it's quite a long way away from the really spinny um, kind of wickets that we might experience where, you know, morning of day one, it's it's jumping out of footholds. Um, so I think, you know, my, my message has been, you know, compared to, the, say, the Ashes series or, or the last probably 10 test matches we played, this, this could be a real grind. There could be times where, you know, the scoreboard's only ticking over two runs and over. And, you know, for our batting group, Um, We've just got to be able to uh, be prepared to bat and bat and bat, and um, yeah, there's certain stages where you feel like it's going to speed up. Be brave enough to take on those opportunities, Um, but you know, I think all the basics of Test cricket stay the same. Um, There's nothing that I've seen here to to think that it's going to be a total different scenario.
1: So, plenty of cricket coming up around the world, and I've not even mentioned Virat Kohli's hundredth Test yet. Uh, the following podcast, though, the place to be this month. Previews, reviews, match highlights, player interviews, all the reaction from our team, um, including Darren Goff and Steve Harmison, Matt Pryor, Jarrah Kemmer, you know who make up the cricket set team on TalkSport by now. We've only been doing it for about four years. Uh, so, yeah, please join us every day throughout March. There will be a brand new following on podcast every day uh, as we react to all the cricket going on around the world. Thanks for listening.